I just saw a YouTube comment on one of my videos. Dear Casey, after watching a couple of your videos, I've come to the conclusion that you don't know much about cars. I still wish you the best in your professional journey, though. Sincerely yours. I have to. I have a couple of like oh comments God. on this. Like one, why are you reading that when I'm talking to you? Because Where is it was that coming an, in? An email. An email came in. Do you have your YouTube comments come in by email? I don't get that many comments. What is wrong with I you? Know, See, like, but here's the problem. Here's the problem. You just walked into this problem. <laughs> That has now interrupted your work. It's in your life. Turn that off, man. Just go to the YouTube Studio app or whatever when you want to see that stuff. Wait, wait, where do you do Don't it in the app? Don't have the comments wait, whoa, whoa, go down, to your email. Down, That's madness. Where do you do it in the app? The YouTube Studio app has like a whole comments section. Well, you got to learn me these tricks, man. Oh, I'm looking at it right now. It's in the side navigation. Uh, Side nav. Oh, comments. Hey, look at that. All right, I should go turn those emails off, huh? Well, since we've already been started, uh, hey, I've got some follow-up. Uh, you're famous again. It's me, your sweet baby brother, UK Tech 100 podcast on Mike Hurley. <laughs> why, why does this relate to The Godfather? What, what is that all, all right, about? So there's two, things, there's two things going on here. One, I've done what many people have been telling me to do, something that I wanted to do, which is to rip off Griffin McElroy, because he introduces himself as your sweet baby brother, 30 under 30 media luminary. So oh now that I have, again, been recognized professionally by a large publication, uh, I am decide- uh, maybe I should bring this into my intro, too. Oh, and they put so, the Don in there. I didn't even notice that at first. I see now. Yeah. That's yeah. all so making Business more sense. Insider mm-hmm. do a list every year for the top 100 coolest people in technology in the UK. I was on this list in 2016. I was not on this list in 2017. But now I'm back in 2018. Back and better than ever. Back and better than ever. And they referred, I was, yeah, because now I'm number 59. I was at number like 60 something or 70 something before. Um, And they referred to me as the podcasting Don Mike Hurley. That is me at number 59. That phrase is hilarious. And personally, I find it quite amazing at the same time. Uh, I think it's such such a strange way to refer to me, uh, that I kind of love it. Well, but I mean, look at our mutual friend, Jeremy Burge, who is the Australian king of emojis. Mm-hmm. They come up with these, these, these phrases. Uh, and I think that mine is pretty good. I like the, I like the thought of being like the God. It allows me to, to send lots of Godfather gifts to everybody. <laughs> that is a, that is quite the drop for poor Jeremy. He was 18 last year and 76 yeah. this year. Yeah, yeah it's probably about? best we don't talk about that. I don't know what happened to Jeremy. Uh, I Poor feel like, Jeremy. Yeah, I feel like he's had an even better year than last year. Whatever. I know. Clearly, I know. the uh, clearly this list is completely bogus. Am I right? I'm not going to say that because <laughs> it it didn't feel like it. That there was a party. I saw that, and uh, the mayor of London was like the mayor there? of London came to speak there because he was actually on the list too. He's like ten spaces higher than me or something. Um, and he came to speak, and I got to meet the mayor. I said hello to the mayor, and he asked me what I did. It's quite funny. It was one of those moments where, like, I've had this moment. So I said hello to him, and he was like, oh, hello, nice to meet you. Like, uh, what's your name? So I said, I'm Mike Hurley. He's like, oh, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, I run a podcast network um, in here in the U- Like, I run a podcast network here in the UK. And he's like, oh, what's it called? I said, Relay FM. And he goes, oh, yeah. Now, I've done this so many times where like you're just flowing through the conversation and you just say something, right? It's kind of like when 
you're getting on a plane and someone says, do you have a nice flight? And you say, thanks, you too. Yep. Right? Yep, yep. It's like, that's what he did to me, where he was like, oh, yeah. It's like, no, you don't know what it is. You don't know what it is. Uh, it was actually kind of funny because then, I'm not kidding, somebody literally pushed me out of the way to talk to the mayor. Like, <laughs> some guy just came in and he just shoved me with my elbow into, like, with his shoulder, just kept moving until I was out of the frame. And then, like, he was talking, like, really close to his face, like, very, like, angrily. There were, like, it was kind of funny because at this party and on the list were was the mayor, people from Uber, and people from, like, the uh, commission, like the taxi commission here in the UK, which is currently, they're all going through like a bit of a, a bit of a war right now, <laughs> those, <laughs> those three entities. Um, and it seemed like that there was some, some weirdness going on there. So Wonderful. So, yeah. Well, the party was good though? The party was great, yeah. Did you meet anyone, one of your peers perhaps, that uh, was interesting that you maybe hadn't met before? Um. Yeah, I I met a selection of journalists mostly. Like there there were a lot of people there, but it was like I didn't. Re- I'm not really good in these situations. Um, like Jeremy was there, which is great because Jeremy's like can talk to anyone. He's one of those kind of people. But I was like, ah, I didn't really know how to introduce myself to anybody. So basically, I just met everybody that Jeremy knew. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't know how to do this kind of thing. Like to I don't know, just to go up to somebody and be like, "Hi, I'm Mike Hurley. Who are you? What do you do?" Like. And it's just not my kind of like, it's not really my way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now, do you walk up and say, hi, I'm Mike Hurley. I'm number 59 or whatever it is you th- that you are. No, but there is this funny thing because this party has like honorees, like the people on the list, but also just like guests and the honorees have like a slightly different badge. And you could see that, like, as people were talking to each other, they'd be, like, looking at the badge to, like, what is their name? Are they on the list? Are they just a journalist? It was kind of funny. But, like, there was a lot of, like, name badge checking that was happening as people were walking around. It was at a pretty cool bar in a, in a pretty important building here called the Gherkin. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, yeah, it was, it was pretty good. Did you see uh, Matt Bellamy there from Muse? Because apparently he's number. He was not there. No, they don't have everybody that's on the list, right? So like Matt Bellamy was not there. Maisie Williams was there though. She's from in Game of Thrones. Oh, I've never seen it. I know it's important. Where have I? Oh, good. I'm so I'm so happy that I'm finding more people in my life that haven't seen Game of Thrones. Yeah, I bet it's very good. Like, I'm not trying to be like one of those people that's, oh. No, I know it's good. I know it's good, but I've just never watched it. I feel like I know too many spoilers at this point because you can't be on the internet and not know Game of Thrones spoilers. Yep. And there's just too much of it. Yep. Anyway, but the party was good. Party was great. I was very happy. So, like, when I was on the list the first time, it felt like this like incredible achievement like i was so excited so happy for myself and stuff yeah we spoke about it i thought didn't yeah we? we spoke about it it was definitely we, we definitely covered it in this show and then when i wasn't on it the second time i was a little bit like oh man like i was a bit bummed out about it and then getting on the list this time again it didn't feel the same to me it was kind of just like huh like you know like this is fleeting kind of thing it's like well you know this can even happen or it doesn't happen. Like, I know I've been on it, I've been off it. And I just didn't really understand. Like, I didn't really feel like it was a huge, like, it was as important as it used to be to me. Like, I didn't have the same feeling, which, of course, it wouldn't because, like, there's a huge difference between, like, the first time. Mm-hmm. But when I went to the event that they had, 
it it felt it felt really important like i i cool. felt like wow this is this feels cooler than it did last time like because obviously they're putting a bigger focus on it like the fact that the mayor came and gave this like speech to everyone you know like it was it felt it felt important and i felt very proud of myself so like now i i do feel super proud because i feel like that the context um of this like achievement is totally different now to how it was before and i feel i do feel really good about it like uh, and i'm i'm really pleased um i'm honored in a way to to be on this list it it feels good like i'm i'm very pleased about it yeah well congratulations i know that it was very important to you the first time and i know you were really pleased about it and i'm i'm happy to hear that it kind of is a lot of the same this time eventually like i i kind of had to go through a realization because <laughs> right? it is like you know the the you can only experience something for the first time once. Yeah, yeah. And I experienced this like once, like and it was the first time, and it like blew my mind. So then when it happened again, it just didn't have that same thought. And I was like, oh, is it because it isn't important, or like I couldn't really get my head around why it didn't feel the same? But then when I was kind of there at the event that they put on and could see all the people, and there were lots of interesting people there, um, like the the they the number one was. Christopher Wiley, the guy who broke the Cambridge Analytica thing. Mm, mm-hmm. And I think he was there. I believe I saw him. I could have been wrong. Because uh, I, I don't really know much about the guy except like the couple of photos that I've seen of him. Sure. But whether he was or he wasn't, like he, he, he was a very interesting person to put at the number one spot. Um, also, like the only person whose name was not then followed by a company. Right, because everyone's like your name and the company. Well, he doesn't work anywhere, it seems, right now, or at least anything that is relatable to his achievement, um, if you would call it that. I mean, I would. Like, I think he did yeah, an incredible yeah. thing. Uh, but like, achievement is a is a is a maybe a strange word to pin to it. But yeah, so uh, I feel very honored to have been recognized um, because I feel like sometimes I'm often overlooked here in the UK because of the fact that Relay FM's audience is mostly in the US. Like, there are a lot of events and stuff that happen here. Like, there is, like, a UK podcast festival, and it's, like, nobody... It seems like a lot of this, this like, industry here in the UK doesn't really know that I exist, which is, <laughs> which is kind of, like, a strange thing sometimes. Like, we're very well, and I'm very well recognized in stuff that happens in the US, but, like, not really in the UK, so... Yeah, it's just a strange little thing. But And you're 34 uh, spots above Tim Berners-Lee, who, I don't know, just invented the World Wide Web. So me, so I was thinking about this, right? Obviously, his achievement is greater than mine in, in the whole. But, like, this list is also referred to as, like, the coolest people in tech. And I think <laughs> I'm cooler than Tim Berners-Lee, like, <laughs> on an objective level. His achievements will always be greater than my achievements, but I I think I'm cooler. That's is that a bad thing to say? No, I I think that's fair. Are you okay. cooler than Andy Circus though? No, he's 87. Well, I he's cooler than me, so I, I don't really know how they I don't know how they how they rank this. It does feel like, except for one to ten, this is an almost impossible thing to rank. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah. The other, the other 90 people on that list, putting them in any kind of order seems like an absolute nightmare. I agree. All kidding aside, though, that's really awesome. And I am proud of you, and Thank I you. am excited for you. And uh, here's hoping you stay on the list at all and maybe even move up a little bit next year. 
Yeah, I hope so. That'd be nice. All right, what is awesome other than this award? This episode is brought to you by our friends at Squarespace. You can make your next move with Squarespace. They will let you easily create a website for your next idea or project with the ability to grab a unique domain name, take advantage of award-winning templates, and so much more. Whether you want to create an online store, a portfolio, a blog, a site for your podcast, a site for your business, a site for a band, a site for a wedding, a site for an event. It doesn't matter what type of website you want to build because Squarespace has all of the tools that you're going to need. It's super easy to customize. It's all done right there in the web browser. It is an all-in-one platform that will let you put anything that you want onto the internet. There is nothing to install or patch or upgrade. They take care of all of that stuff so you don't have to. Squarespace back everything up with 24-7 customer support. So if you need any help, they're right there with you and i've used that as well like there's stuff where i'm like hmm, how do i do this and i'll check their guides or i'll open, just have a little chat with somebody there at squarespace and they'll just tell you because they're super helpful they're super nice super great and their plans start at just 12 dollars a month but you can sign up for a trial today with no credit card required just go to squarespace.com analog and you can go in poke around and get everything going and you can See what exactly what Squarespace can do for you. And then when you decide to sign up, use the offer code ANALOG. This is going to get you 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain and show you support for this show. Once again, that's squarespace.com slash ANALOG and the code ANALOG to get 10% off your first purchase. We thank Squarespace for their support of this show. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. I have uh, some news for you, Mike, that I actually could have shared with you the last time we recorded, and I completely forgot. However, oh, God. I read the Scott Pilgrim graphic novels, the entirety, all six of them. You did that pretty quickly. Well, it turns out when you have a book that looks quite thick, but is filled with lots of pictures, that there's not that much text on them. And uh, I probably should have sat there and drank in the images and just let them wash over me. But really, I mean, not to say I like power read if such a thing exists, but you know, it's I wasn't trying to speed through it. But I did go through them in the span of, I don't know, a week or two, and they were good. They, yeah, I'm a, I, I, don't, I often feel like I am a bad comic book reader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, like, I don't spend enough time looking at the panels. Yep. I, I often feel that when I'm reading comics, I'm just, like, speeding through. Mm-hmm. But I do wonder if, like, that's perfectly fine to do, right? That, like, your eyes and your brain take in the images, like, almost like a speed reading thing. I don't know. Yeah, but I thought it was good. Um there were a few things you had told me about the differences between the two, and I don't remember specifically what they were, with the exception of one, which we'll get to in a moment. So, spoilers for Scott Pilgrim. Uh, well, yeah, I'll try to go spoiler-free, but be careful. Um, th- but in general, I thought that it, they were good. I think the world building was a little bit better, but still somewhat peculiar. Oh, and if you're wondering why we're doing this, by the way, our member special, as we mentioned before, uh, K- yes, Casey you. watched Scott, the Scott Pilgrim movie. I recommended he read the comic books, and he did. But yes, the world building is definitely stronger because you have way more time over a six-book sure. series, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but all in all, I thought that they were good. Um, I don't think I like the character of Scott Pilgrim very much. Like he's no, so, I don't think you're supposed to. Yeah, he's so annoying. Like he and he's. I mean, because this is the thing, right? And and it's it's made reference to even in the titles of the books. Like he's a guy figuring life out, and he's not doing a very good job of it. And the the point of the story, I think, is kind of that like you're supposed to appreciate that he's a jerk, but not because he's really kind of trying to be. Just that like his decisions are. are are poor 
they're just not the right ones, right? That yeah, he's not yeah. setting out to like be mean to everyone, but he's making decisions that end up spiraling out of control in places. But the I think the idea of the story is ultimately to show that he redeems himself, you know, like that by the end he figures it out and like he makes right with everyone and and kind of seems to make amends for the things that he did that weren't great so i think that's kind of the the idea of the story i think it's one of the reasons that i like it because i think anyone that age kind of like in their 20s can sympathize with like you as you're trying to figure out what adult life is you make some missteps along the way sure i do think the ending and this is the thing you had told me when we recorded the member special uh the ending of the movie i liked a lot more and i think you had said this yourself it was a lot simpler in the movie and i think that actually was for the the comic book one is very very complex like i still don't really feel like i have a complete understanding of how the story ends agreed um even after reading it a couple of times so Maybe I need to come back to it with fresh eyes again, uh, being a bit older. I'm not sure. Um, but it's definitely... I, I definitely do prefer the way the movie ends. I think they did a really good job of that, probably for the reason of trying to simplify it. Yeah. Another funny thing was, and I think I said this to you when we did the member special, um, there were some scenes in the movie that just looked like they were ripped right out of a comic book. And at that point, I had never read the Scott Pilgrim graphic novels. I'd read plenty of comic books. Well, I don't know if I should say plenty, but I'd read comic books on and off as a kid. Um, and, and some of the scenes in the movie, like especially, and I think I said this on the member special, where it's like a really high up view, almost like a drone took it, um, if you will, of them on the swing set. And it's like all snowy and it's nighttime. So there's like only a couple mm-hmm. of shadows. I, I remember thinking to myself vividly, that looks like it's ripped right from the comic book. And hey, guess what? It was ripped right from the comic book. And I don't think that's a bad thing. It's one I, of the reasons I love the movie. Yeah. Like, because I love the comic book series. And there are many, there are, it's not just some, there are many scenes in oh, the yeah. movie that are just direct transfers of comic book panels. And again, it's like, it's what made Edgar Wright so perfect for directing it. Like, yeah, it 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 worked. It worked real good. Yep. And uh, we don't need to belabor it anymore. If you want more of this discussion, uh, go to what is it? Relay.fm slash member membership. Membership. I knew it was one or the other. Thank you. Um, and you can hear that member special as well as ones from past years. But I definitely like the graphic novels. I, I enjoyed them. I just got them from my local library, which was really great. So um, and it didn't take me very long to read them. So if you're interested at all, even if you didn't adore the movie, like I didn't adore the movie, but I enjoyed it. And I feel like I, that's about the same experience I have with graphic novels. So another piece of follow-up. Uh, I am still doing time tracking with uh, Toggle, which I'm liking quite a bit more. I'm probably not doing as religious a job I should be with it, but I'm trying very hard to be fairly religious. It's been two or three weeks now, and I don't know that I've really gleaned anything from it. I've also had some kind of complex and weird weeks, um, which we'll talk about some of the reasons why in a moment. But I think the problem I have with the time tracking, which I'm just going to throw that little seed out there and give you a chance to respond, but we don't need to necessarily unpack this right now. Uh, but the thing I that I think I'm struggling with is I'm still not entirely sure what question I'm trying to answer. I mean, obviously, it's where does your time go? I mean, that's clear. But I, I don't know that I've really nailed the like, I want to know this. And, and I think that's part of the reason why I'm kind of 
doing this begrudgingly, even though you've laid off for the record listeners. Mike has left this alone and has not given me any any poop about continuing to do this. This is me just trying to follow through. Um, but yeah, I think that that's the issue is that I haven't figured out what question I'm trying to answer. And once I feel like there's an, a need to answer a question and that and that question can be answered by time tracking, it'll probably make a lot more sense to me. But nevertheless, I'm still sticking with it. I think really, again, like the point is that it's not necessarily, well, the way that I look at it and the reason I'm recommending it to you is not that like you go into it with like, here is a thing I need to know. It's more that you do it for a period of time and then look at the results. And yeah. it's kind of like a, it it answers questions you didn't ask. Yeah. Right? Because you can look at it and be like, huh, 20% of my time is spent doing this. Or you can go, huh. Where I make seven percent of my income, I'm spending sixty five percent of my time. <laughs> sure. Right? Like and it's and again, like it is not because then you should be like, right, no more of that, because that's not how creative endeavors are. It's more about allowing you to have a sense of what should be prioritized. Yeah, that's and fair. to have a sense for if you understand in raw numbers how long it on average takes you to do something, you can plan for the future better. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I know that on average it takes me 45 minutes to, to sit down and look at writing the outline for upgrade, right? That is like, I've been collecting links all week, but I'm going to sit down for 45 minutes every Monday morning and I'm going to write our outline so I know what topics we're going to cover. So I know that if I'm busy on Monday, I have to be done doing whatever it is that I'm doing by like 3 o'clock at the latest so I can make sure I get that outline done. Now, typically, I always do it in the mornings, but like if I had something to do, I know that I need an hour of time to do that before we record. So, But if I didn't know that, it's like, oh, man – it only takes 15 minutes or, oh man, that takes me like two and a half hours to do, right? Because this is what your yeah. brain will do to yeah. you. It will tell you very, very different things. So this is one of the real benefits that I get from time tracking. So I get to see over a longer period of time, the averages for stuff. Yeah, that, that's actually a really good point. And and I like your your thought about it, which I don't think it's the first time you said it to me, but, you know, just doing a general review after it's all over and saying, okay, what trends do I spot here? And are, am I comfortable with all of them? So that's why I'm sticking with it. So we'll see what happens. Uh, we have a couple of related topics, uh, one from each of us. But before we dive into that, do you want to tell us uh, how we could enable those topics to happen? This segue makes no sense, listeners, until you hear the topics. So we're going to talk about some travel that we've both been doing. Um, so we're going to talk about our sponsor for this week, which is very nicely timed, mm-hmm. which is Away. Away are a team of thinkers, seekers, and designers. They make smart premium suitcases so your luggage won't cost any more than your plane ticket. And if you're like me, something that you're going to need when you travel is more battery. And what makes Away so amazing is that both of their carry-ons feature USB ports with a battery large enough to charge your phone five times from a single charge, and it's super easy to remove. You just press down on the battery, it pops out from a spring-loaded mechanism, so you can take it out and take it with you on the plane, take it with you when you're traveling around at your destination, so you always have that battery with you, so no more 
battery charge anxiety. Go to awaytravel.com slash analog and you can browse Away's range of suitcases. They feature premium German polycarbon in all of them, which is unrivaled in strength and impact resistance whilst remaining lightweight. Um, they do have some additional uh, materials as well, which I'll talk about in a minute. You can choose from over 10 colors and five sizes. They have the carry-on, the bigger carry-on, the medium, the large, and the kids carry-on for smaller travelers. So they cut out the middleman so you can get first-class luggage at coach prices. Away suitcases have a patent-pending compression system, which is great if you're an overpacker, and four 360-degree spinner wheels. Away's carry-ons are compliant with all major U.S. airlines while still maximizing the amount that you can pack. They have TSA combination locks built right in and my i think actually think my favorite feature now is the removable washable laundry bag so when i was away on my trip all of the clothes that i wore when i took them off at the end of the day i put them in the laundry bag that is kind of tucked inside a little zipper in the case and then i zipped that up put it in my suitcase when i'm coming home and then when i got home i unzipped it and dumped the clothes straight into the hamper and then my clean clothes and my worn clothes were separated um something i was going to mention i uh fell in love with the aluminium cases that they offer. They have like a range of aluminium cases that are a little bit more expensive. But absolutely, like I love this thing. Um, we just took it with us on our trip and I love it. Adina has one of the regular bigger carry-ons um, in the German polycarbonate. We both really, really love our Away suitcases. We take them with us on trips all the time. Away believe in the quality of their products, which is why they offer a lifetime guarantee. If anything breaks, they'll fix or replace it for life and they have a 100-day trial with a no-questions-asked return policy with free shipping on any order in the lower 48 states of the US. Travel smarter with the suitcase that charges your phone. To find out more about Away, go to awaytravel.com slash analog and if you use the code analog at checkout you'll get $20 off any of their suitcases that's awaytravel.com slash analog and the code analog for $20 off our thanks to Away for their support of this show and Relay FM so I yesterday uh, I got back from a trip to Rome oh how fancy I know it's very nice took a long weekend uh, went we left on Friday we got back Monday evening uh this trip, the purpose of this trip, the main reason of this trip, uh, it was a treat. It was a present for Adina. It's her birthday coming up uh, in just a couple of weeks. Um, and also, so I wanted to treat it to something nice. Um, and also, this is kind of like a please love me type situation because <laughs> I leave for our US tour that we're doing uh, on her birthday. Uh, <laughs> it was kind of the best day to go. Um, oh, so this is kind of oh, like no. a happy birthday uh please continue to love me uh kind of kind of present um she's perfectly fine with it anyway but anyway this is one of those things where i know i worry about it more than she does Where like i think i feel worse about missing it than she does because uh, she's chill like that um but i wanted to treat her to something nice anyway because uh, plus she's just she's great which is why i married her so uh we went on a lovely little trip to rome that's awesome how far is that by plane just roughly Two and a half hours. Oh, that's pretty short. So it's not that it's not that bad at all. Um, both flights were delayed though because European flights get delayed. Wait, wait. Oh, you mean each direction? I thought you meant you were connecting. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's like how are you connecting on such a short connecting, trip? Connecting, connecting in Paris. Just yeah, right. For funsies. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so obviously, we spent a lot of time with Federico and Silvia, um, who uh, are guides. Uh, so Federico, who's a of MaxStories.net and co-host of many amazing Relay FM shows, um, and his uh, long-term partner Sylvia, uh, we spent a lot of time with them. Uh, they took us to like some of their favorite places. Uh, the food, I'm Casey. So jealous. 
the food. Oh my god, my god, it's all so good. Everything's just so good. So here's the thing. I, let me jump in real quick. Uh, we went to a wedding on an island off of Greece called Corfu, which I guess is not unusual for Brits. And it was a wedding for uh, a Welsh woman and her Ameri- now American hu- or American now husband. Yeah, I know a lot of people uh, that go to Corfu. So yeah, it's a, it's a popular destination. Exactly. And so, long story short, to get there from America, you basically had to stop somewhere in continental Europe and then take a little short flight to Corfu. So we did a few days in Rome. This was long before I had met Federico, and I enjoyed Rome. But I thought the food was kind of eh. And I can, even before hearing you say what you just said, I could, I would have told you years ago that we just probably made poor choices or, you know, ended up you in poor restaurants. Poor choices. Whatever the case may be. But I, I'm assuming, love you, I'm assuming that you got caught in tourist traps. Oh, probably. And we tried yeah. to avoid it. Like we did give an honest effort to avoiding that, but I bet you anything you're right. So the reason I bring this up is. I can only imagine how great it was to have a local tell you, presumably, here's where we need to eat or you need to eat, and potentially even, here's the specific dish you're going to want to try. Yeah, and we did that. We went to like a traditional like Roman restaurant called Trattoria's, um, and this is like where you get the you get the appetizer, the two main courses, right? Uh, premium, premium secondi. Uh, then a dessert, right? And like, you know, like the whole thing, like many, many, mm-hmm. many courses of food, which, you know, it was like, so I got, uh, we got some starters, some like mozzarella starters. And of course the mozzarella is just incredible. And then I had the spaghetti carbonara, best spaghetti carbonara I've ever had. And for dessert, we had a tiramisu, which was unbelievable. I had no idea that tiramisu could be so good. Like I've always <laughs> kind of seen it as like a so-so dessert. This is one of the greatest desserts I've ever had in any restaurant. Yeah? Like, it was incredible. It's because they just make it with different, better ingredients. Like, most tiramisu's that I've had, I think, are made with some kind of just, like, whipped cream or whatever. This was made with mascarpone cream. Oh, my God. So it was so good. It was just terrible, huh? (laughs) Everything was great. The pizza, we had, like, I had lots of pizza. Uh, And even just, like... We went to this mall. I was walking around like a mall that was pretty close to them because the weather wasn't incredible. One day it was like really raining. So we were just like kind of exploring. Uh, we went to, to like a mall uh, which was close to them and uh, just like the food in the food court, right? We like, we just we just grabbed like a quick sandwich and it was just so good. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the the I don't know what happened to you, but like the base stand, I find the base standard of food there is higher because their ingredients are so good and they care about it so much. Because literally everything that I ate was incredible. That's the thing. So good, so good. What we had, it was all good. Like it was not that any of it was bad, but we were expecting the reaction that you just had, and there was nothing that I ate that I thought oh my word, this is the most incredible whatever I've ever had in my life. It's weird. So, in summary, if you want to go to Rome, you need to have a Federico in your life to help you. And God knows if we ever are lucky enough to get back to Rome, which I'd love to do, then uh, I'm going to beg and plead Federico to come take us out at least once and show us how to do it. There are people in the chat room that are telling me that tiramisu is always made of mascarpone. It probably is. Like, I don't know, but I know... That whatever these tiramisus were made out of that I've had before was wrong. It was just straight up wrong because they weren't as good as this one. Um, 
we did a little sightseeing. We're bad sightseers, or at least I am mostly. Um, uh, typically, why I like to travel is to see friends most of the time. Like, I, we have people all over the world now at this point, and my favorite thing about traveling is going to see people and just seeing what they enjoy in their lives, you know, which is typically not like going to X place. Like, and so like to put this in perspective, like I don't, I'm not really a big sightseer. I've been to New York now like four times, four or five times. I've never even seen with my eyes the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> For all I know, it doesn't actually exist. I've never seen it because I'm very much like a, I'll see you next time kind of person. Like if I like a place, I don't want to see everything it has to offer because I will catch these things at another time. Um, and I love New York and I've seen a lot of New York now, but I've stayed away from most of the tourist stuff, mostly because I'm not like a big stand in a line to see a thing kind of person. But also just because like I don't I don't travel there, travel to places for those things typically and I'll see it at another point. It's kind of how I've always felt about this stuff. Except you keep kicking that can, and eventually you'll run out of space. I don't know. That analogy fell apart on me. But, um, yep. you know, eventually you're going to want to do those sorts of things. I don't know. Aaron and I are, are kind of an in-between, I think, between the two extremes that you've you've kind of come up with. We, of course, love to see friends, and that's one of our favorite things to do. But we like seeing the touristy stuff, like even the tourist traps. As a great example, um, when we did the London Eye for your wedding— I loved that. That might have been a wedding itself aside, one of my favorite moments of the trip because it was very low key, very mellow. It was us and our friends. Right, but that's it though. So like that London Eye experience was good because it was like a pod full of our friends. Uh, I've fair, done fair, the fair. London Eye mm-hmm. under different circumstances and don't like it so much. Yeah, I see your point. Okay, that makes sense. Well, I'm glad you got to go. Uh, and I had, had you. you guys had been there before, right? Or at least you have. I never have. No? I've never been to Rome. Oh, I thought Adina so. Adina went to Rome years ago, but I never had. Oh, fair enough. So, good visit then? Oh, yeah, it's great. It's it's It was just really... I mean, my thing is just like, I loved it because of the company, right? And we just got to have a great, a great time for that reason, and I would very happily go back. Yeah. How did you land on Rome, out of curiosity? Just because you wanted to see Federico and Sylvia, or, or some other reason? We, had, we were going to do a trip to somewhere in... Europe, and this is a trip that we've been threatening to do for like two years. So <laughs> I know that feeling. it was just like, well, if we're going to go somewhere in Europe, why don't we go finally make that trip to Rome that we've been promising ourselves? Awesome. But you went on a trip too, right? Yeah, uh, coincidentally, and neither of us spoke to the other about this. Um, uh, mine did not involve a flight. I feel like a, tri- a trip that involves a flight is uh, a little bit more serious. But nevertheless, uh, we left on Friday and returned yesterday uh, on Monday. Uh, we went on a little mini family vacation. And it's become okay. it's become tradition over the last several years for us to go to the beach. And um, if you're not good at Eastern American uh, geography, uh, Richmond is in the center of Virginia. Virginia is roughly in the center of the east coast of the United States. And typically what we would do in years past is we would go to the Outer Banks, which is a large stretch of beach in North Carolina, which is which is mm-hmm. one state below us and about a four to six hour drive, depending on when you do it. Well, with Michaela um, never having been more than 45 minutes away from Richmond and Declan in the past used to hate the car. Now he's mostly OK with it. Uh, we wanted to go somewhere beachy because we missed out on that this year, but we didn't want to travel four to six hours. So we came up with a little town called Cape Charles. And again, if you don't know your Virginian geography now, 
you know, there's the state of Virginia, which is part of the, you know, well, I guess it's all part of the continental United States, but the, there's the main area that's really, really big. And then there's this like little spit off to the side that isn't actually connected to Virginia. It's more Virginia, but it's not connected by land. It's, it looks like an island if you were to see only Virginia and no other surrounding states. And what that is, is it's actually a peninsula that's attached to like, you know, Maryland and other uh, parts of the continental United States. But it it, it you have to get go through like this ridiculous bridge tunnel in order to get there and it's it's kind of off in the middle of nowhere and cape charles is a sleepy little beach town that actually strikes me as very much like the beach community that marco and tiff have uh have a house in in that you know you can well they can't drive but in our case you know we could have driven places but there was really no need we walked everywhere golf carts mm-hmm. are super popular and it was a little sleepy town uh, not v- very touristy. Like there's five restaurants in the entire town or something like that. And what was really great about it was, it was it's in the Chesapeake Bay, which means it's not on the ocean proper. It's still like at brackish to salt water. And there are waves, but they're little teeny tiny waves. And when you have little teeny tiny humans, it is nice to have little teeny tiny waves. And additionally, like the, the, the beach, it would it was very flat. And even as you went to the water, you could go out like a solid 20, 30 yards in the water and it would still be reasonably flat, which was really nice. So we had a really great time. Um, traveling with kids is hard, especially if you don't want to be that guy that's like, okay, just do you, just hold on to this iPad and leave me alone. You know, <laughs> like it is hard to travel with kids and keep them entertained in the back of a car for two to three hours especially when one of those kids is a little baby who really you can't communicate with. You know, Michaela's almost nine months now. She's just a couple days shy of nine months, but she's still not really communicating. And so because of that, you know, it was just an endless stream of try this toy, try this toy, try this toy, try this toy. And, you know, we would just basically be, do a circuit of all our toys. And I sat in the back between the two car seats because that was the only way that we knew that we would make it alive all the way there. Um, now, if you don't have kids, you have to understand that most children, as soon as they get in the car and drive more than five minutes, they're asleep. But neither of my kids are like that. Um but what was funny about it was after we made the trip uh, Friday afternoon, you know, we got there and we eventually, you know, got our stuff in the house, in the rented house. And we uh, and we went out to the beach, which is all of like, you know, 50 yards or something like that. And the look on Declan's face and then subsequently the look on Michaela's face when they went in the water and when they were on the beach, like immediately mm. all of it was worth it. Even though this car ride, especially the car ride up was really miserable because she was just screaming most of the way for two hours, two and a half hours. But then you see their little faces and how happy they are. And, it, and it immediately it just all melts away and it was all worth it. Um, but it's, it's tough. It's tough too, because Michaela's on two naps and some people are very loosey goosey about their nap situation, but we try to be very, very regular and consistent with our kids. And so that probably puts an undue amount of stress on us um, because we really, really, really try to make sure that they're down at the same time. Um, well, Declan only has one rest time during the day. He doesn't even nap usually anymore. But, you know, for Michaela, we try to make sure her two naps are the same and, and she can't really do it in the car. So that creates a lot of stress. But all told, it was a really fantastic trip. I'm really glad we did it for th- basically three nights. And so it was long enough that it was a trip, but short enough that it wasn't a trip. And the other neat thing was, and I'm curious to hear, Mike, uh, what how you guys are. But for Aaron and me, and maybe this is more me than her, Oftentimes what I find us doing when we do a vacation or a trip or something is we'll go somewhere that 
one or both of us has been before and try to recreate mm-hmm. some of that magic. And in a lot of cases, it works. It, in a lot of cases, we know exactly what we're going in for. So as a great example, you know, we, we did our baby moon in London in 2010, London and Paris. And when we went, went back to London for your wedding, we had an, a phenomenal time, just like we did uh, back in 2010. So it, it's not that, you know, trying to recapture the magic doesn't work, but it's not often that we go somewhere that is genuinely new to both of us. And Cape Charles was genuinely new to both of us. And that was really awesome and a really great experience that I'm really glad we did. And the kids seemed to really, really, really love it, which was super fun. Why did you choose this place? That's actually a great question with a longer answer than you expect. So there is a very popular um, do-it-yourself, like home renovation kind of blog called Young House Love. And the couple that runs it is based out of Richmond. And coincidentally, uh, Erin was in an honor fraternity, which I know sounds funny, but it's a co-ed, she was in a co-ed honor fraternity at uh, the University of Virginia when she was in school. And the husband slash dad that runs Young House Love was in the same fraternity. And my understanding is they, they knew each other, although not exceptionally well. And then fast forward, you know, five, 10 years, whatever it was, and and this this gentleman, John, and his now wife um, started like renovating an old house in Richmond, and that really took off. And for a long time, the two of them were just professional bloggers. Well, they bought one and then two houses. So they, well, they now have a house and a duplex in Cape Charles and would, would just talk about how wonderful a place it is. And when we were looking for a beach that was only a couple hours away, one of us, I think probably Aaron said to me, you know, we could try Cape Charles, you know, because uh, the Peter Six like it. And so maybe we would. And they have kids that are a little bit older than, than Declan and Michaela, but not too much so. And so we went and, try, and tried it out. And um, it was super fun. It was really, really great. I'm really, really glad we went. And, um, and we'll probably try to go again next year. We'll see what happens. But to go back a step, what, what do you guys do when you travel? You said London was new for you. Or excuse me. Uh, Rome was new for you. But do you find that you typically go to the same places over and over like we sometimes tend to do? Or do you do you almost no. always go somewhere new? We typically go new places. I mean, we have places that we visit more than once. Um, but we aren't yet on like a annual schedule of place that we go to. Mm-hmm. I mean, that might change. I mean, and I go places for work, right? That's not like I'm kind sure. of discounting work. Sure. But vacations are different. I think our situation is going to change over the next couple of years. Just kind of as I think we're kind of falling into a bit of a rhythm. But if we, we still want to go to new places as well, like maybe explore some more of Europe a little bit because it's not too difficult for us to do it. Totally. So that's something that we're focusing on over the next couple of years. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I mean, I, I, I probably will get feedback from Aaron that I'm, I'm overselling how stodgy, I guess the word is, uh, or, or, or simple our trips are. I mean, we definitely go other places, but we have staples that we really like to visit. Like, you know, we're, we're hopefully going to go back to Disney World, for example, next year, which we only do, you know, once every five to 10 years. But we've been there a couple times as a couple. Um, and, you know, we, we really love it. And, you know, so that, that's another example of somewhere we've been before, but then we'll also go places that we've never been like Corfu and, and, and we're going mm-hmm. to a wedding, um, in an area of California next month that I've never, uh, that I've never been to. So I don't know, there's just something I, I noticed about us, but I really love this little vacation. And as much as I love to travel and visit friends, which is what you were talking about earlier, there is something to be said for having either a just the two of us or a just the four of us trip. And I'm I'm really glad we had the opportunity. 
All right, today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at Pingdom. Whilst you'll be listening to this, sh- to this show today and having a great, wonderful time, how would you know if your website had gone down? Like, if you're not looking, how do you know? And, like, what if your customers couldn't click that Buy Now button or access the content that you want to show them? You might stumble across it by luck. You may get a message from somebody, but you don't want that. You want a good system for it, and that's why you need Pingdom because you need something to tell you that everything is running smoothly on your site and, more importantly, something to alert you when it's not, and that's what Pingdom is all about. The second that your site goes down, Pingdom will let you know in whatever way is best for you. It's smart, too. They'll get the information needed. They'll give you the information you need, I should say, to solve the issue, and it'll also be sent to whomever needs it, so you can customize things quite nicely and be like, oh, if it's this type of issue, it goes here. If it's this type of issue, it goes there. It's very, very clever stuff that they do over at Pingdom. They're dedicated to making the web faster and more reliable for everyone. They use more than 70 global test servers to emulate visits to your site and check its availability as often as every minute. All that Pingdom needs is the URL that you want to monitor, and they'll take care of the rest. Don't risk being the last to know about something on your site breaking. Start monitoring your site today. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. Then when you sign up, use the code ANALOG at checkout to get an awesome 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom for their support of this show and Relay FM. Shall we do some Relay or Feels? I would love that. Excellent. Uh, John asks, I'm having some RSI issues coming more to light with the XS Max. God, there, I already did it. It's the first time. Ah, You did it. You did it. From the Tennis Max. Uh, do Do you have any specific stretches, Mike, to alleviate this? No, I use a pop socket. Oh, so here we go. I use a pop socket. Here we go. That was because uh, that when was... you use a pop socket, you don't need to grip the whole phone the whole way around. You have many different ways to adjust your grip. If you are having any problems with your phone, with it causing pain in your hands, get a pop socket. Pop socket. And this was on Connected. It was a couple episodes of Connected. And Cortex. It's going everywhere. Pop sockets. I mean, this is the next thing. So first, I got everyone to buy big phones. Uh, not now everyone. And everybody who bought big phones to get. Uh, you you ended up getting a bigger phone. I'm just gonna say that was my uh, doing. Uh, and uh, now I, everyone who got bigger phones, the tenant, the ten is bigger. Casey, you're gonna have to just live mm-hmm. with it. Uh, everyone that got bigger phones, I'm telling, convincing them all now to get pop sockets as well. So this is just what I recommend. <sighs> I see how it is. All right. Uh, Anders writes, what are your favorite places in natural settings, either specific spots or more generally like beaches or fields or what have you? I'm assuming that you really like the beach. Uh, I do. I know that you have reservations about things that occur on the beach, but <laughs> like what? Don't you hate sand or water? Am I remembering that correctly uh, sort of. from the, the long discussion on ATP uh, many moons yeah, ago? Yeah, it was a long time ago. I, I, Sand is annoying. Like, I like playing in it, but then I want it to just disappear from my body immediately. <laughs> Can I just after. confirm what do you do when you play in the sand? Like, with Declan, for goodness sakes. Actually, and that's mostly true. One of my favorite things to do on the beach is sit in the shade, you know, so you have an awning or something over you, mm-hmm. in a beach chair, and read a book. But I find myself, and it's only ever at the beach, that I'll, I'll like swing my my legs forward and backward you know directly away from my body and directly toward my body but in doing so i'm deliberately like digging two trenches with my heels does that make sense and and i will end up with this like foot long or foot deep trench 
after a while. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it is about. I find that deeply satisfying. But then then the sand is stuck to me for like six days. But uh, I do love the beach and I didn't love the beach until recently. Um, it was only recently that I've decided that I really love the beach. But when we lived in Charlottesville, which was an hour west of, of where we are now, Aaron and I used to go on hikes. I'm using you know air quotes there in the sense that we would go to paths in the woods that were sometimes slightly strenuous, but were oftentimes not at all. And we would go through the mountains and in, in the Blue Ridge Mountains. And I do miss that quite a bit and would love to get back to doing that. Um, so those are the two things I can think of. What about you, Mike? I've come to enjoy beaches in, over the last few years. I was like, if I'm going to pick um, a place that is natural in that way, like where would I want to spend my time? You know, you've got like beaches, fields, jungles, big parks, you know, like that kind of stuff. Like if I had a choice, the beach would be my decision because I love the I love the ocean. I love swimming in the ocean. Um, I I do really enjoy that very much. Uh, so that that works for me. But I'm not. I don't like to sunbathe. You know, like I like to sit on the beach under an umbrella. You know, um, mm-hmm. I'm not a sunbather because I burn very easily and 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 I I hate the feeling of of skin like my skin being burnt. I hate sunburn. Yep. I really. I know that nobody likes it, but like. I know that some people would naturally see it as a necessary evil to get the tan that they want, right? Like, it's like, okay, this will eventually turn into what I'm looking for, which is a tan. I don't care about having a tan. I never want sunburn. <laughs> Fair enough. So, so, all right. There you go. Next question comes from Brad, and Brad wants to know, what are your signature or favorite shoes? Uh, why do you do this to me? What? I didn't do it. Brad did it. Brad asked. I have nothing to do with this. Uh, now I got to stall for time and look it up on Amazon. Uh, there's a shoe that that friend of the show, Matt Alexander, who hopefully doesn't listen to the show, hates. He hates these shoes so much. I think you're much. the only person that really likes them. <laughs> oh, come on. Uh, how do you spell what? Skechers? How do you spell Skechers? S-K-E-T-C-H-E-R-S. I got it. Uh, Skechers Men's CityWalk Malton over uh, Oxford. I can read a uh, sneaker. I will put a link in the show notes. Uh, I've got the, it already. Oh wow! Look at you. Um, these shoes are. Why do they have so many lines on them? I don't know, and I don't care for that. But th- so what? What? Uh, imagine a mostly darkish brown sneaker-like thing, but it's just barely dressy enough to be considered more than a sneaker. Yeah, and it's like half sneaker, half shoe. Yep. And these things, once broken in, which does not take long, are like walking on air. They are amazing. See, here's the thing. Here's the thing. All right, look. I want you to just try something for me, Mm -hmm. right? Maybe I'll make you do this somehow. Oh, God. My shoes that I am absolutely in love with right now are some Adidas, or as it would be called here, Adidas. Um, Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, Adidas. That's, That's how you pronounce it? Yeah, yeah. That's the English way of saying it. Oh, every few episodes, you drop one of these little knowledge bombs on me, and it blows my mind. That's really Adidas. unexpected. Anyway, carry on. It is a collaboration between um, Pharrell and Adidas. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, and it's a shoe. It's like it's a line that they have called Hue, H-U. Um, they do it in a bunch of colors. Uh, I'm going to see if I can find the color that I have, put it in the show notes. I these are not- without... I'm not cool enough. These for are, without a shadow of a doubt, the most comfortable things I have ever put on my feet. It is like walking on air. 
I have, I am, I am, and have been for many, many years a devout Nike customer. And again, don't know if you know this, Nike. Did you know that? That's how you pronounce it in the UK. Yeah, Nike. Are you trolling me, or is that really true? No, I swear this is all true. Adidas and Nike. But this is blown. Nike my mind. and Adidas. Um, they the these things are so comfortable. <laughs> That the insoles, you know, what you look on the inside, they kind of make a kind of light of it in a way. It prints on the bottom the map of your feet, which they use for like pressure massages and acupuncture in in certain areas of the world to help with like different health concerns. Right, this kind of like a we know how comfortable these are. I, I don't know what I have to do to get you to try a pair of these. I would look truly and utterly ridiculous in a pair of these shoes. You wouldn't. You wouldn't because they're great. You wouldn't look ridiculous because they look good. But I I am not cool enough for this kind of a shoe. You don't, but it's, you don't. You, <laughs> think, that's not, the shoes will make you cooler. Is that how right? it works? Yeah. Is that how it works though? Really? Yeah. <laughs> that's how it works i i don't know about this plus these colors are i i don't this what is this raw green i don't know about that no they have lots of colors you could just get plain black mm-hmm. or white or whatever mm-hmm. but yeah. anyway i have a pair of these i can't find the colorway that i have um but i do love them so much i'm gonna get a different colorway as well like I, I think the colorway that I have was a limited edition, maybe, because I can't seem to find it on Adidas's website <laughs> anymore. I'm really struggling with this pronunciation thing today. Um, so I'll probably, but I'll probably just get a different color because they're so comfortable. Like they're so good. I love them. Yeah. I don't know about that. So if listeners, if uh, if you want to send me a pair of these or if you want to recommend a shoe that, that is flexible enough to be used perhaps in not formal, but, but not deeply informal settings and is not like strapping bricks to your feet when, of course, I, neither of us should complain about this because you should see the, the shoes that Aaron wears on a not irregular basis. Anyway, for the babies in the room, which I'll, I'll just talk about myself, who can't handle even a mildly uncomfortable shoe because I'm a whiner. Uh, If you have a good one, uh, let me know. And finally, Andy asks, a few years ago, Mike was talking about the possibility of moving to to the U.S. in the future. Do you still think that could happen, or is it now hopeless due to the social political climate that's developed over the last two to three years? Here's the thing with this. I really want to give you all sorts of peer pressure about how you need to move here like yesterday, but I don't know if I can do that right now. There's nowhere good, man. Hmm. Interesting. There but, isn't anywhere good anymore. Like Canada, I, I don't feel that. Do you really like being I mean, cold? Sure. <laughs> Do you like being cold like, a lot? At least of the places that I had previously thought I would like to live, mm-hmm. like here mm-hmm. or there, uh, nothing is really what I want it to be right now. So I'm kind of, honestly like everything is just pipe dream for the time being. Like I'm not making. We're not even really, we're not making any decisions at all because it's kind of a feeling of like, well, we're not going to do anything. We wouldn't do anything for at least like another three and a half years anyway, because that's when like the fixed rate period of our mortgage is over and we would decide 
And that's probably when we're going to move. Like once our fixed rate period on our mortgage is up, we're going to move anyway, whether it's here or somewhere else or whether we want to go try somewhere else for a bit. But like at the current situation, we wouldn't want to move to America because it just, it just isn't, it just doesn't feel right. And it feels like it's getting worse all the time. But that is not to say that it's, it's what I would want here either. Cause it's really not, you know, like Brexit is looming and it's, in its current state, like I just can't even work out what's going on every single day. It seems to change every day and it's too hard to keep track of because no one seems to really know anything about what's going on. So honestly, like it is more confusing for me and us than ever about what we want to do because it kind of feels like a lot of the world right now doesn't fit us and it's a very strange feeling. Yeah, I feel the same way. I... I did not sleep well last night, and I made the mistake of looking at my general Twitter timeline instead of, you know, my kind of curated list, and that just made me even more upset about everything that's going on in the yeah, world. Yeah, that's, that's not going to help you No, sleep. nope, terrible idea. Terrible decision. So I I have been up since 2.30 this morning, and I'm feeling pretty down about the world these days. So I hear you. 